Alright, um, so yeah, well, welcome to episode one. Um, in this in this episode, we're going to be going back to 2004. We're going to be looking at a kid called Brian Blackwell. So Brian was 18 back in 2004. Um, lived in sort of a quiet part of Liverpool, Melling, which is sort of, it's on the outside, like halfway between um, Aintree and Kirby, I'd say. I think quite, quite a nice little... Quite a nice little area, like um, lived in like a little bungalow there with his mum and dad. So his mum, that's uh, Jackie Blackwell. She was, I think, sixty-one at the time. And then his dad, Brian Senior, he was he was seventy-two. So his mum and dad, they I think they met like in the, in the sixties. Um, they were both working for Little Woods at the time. I think they were working as as buyers. Um, and then they went on to do other stuff. So by, by, by the time it, it come about, like, uh, Big Brian, he, he was a retired accountant. And uh, Jackie, she was a re- retired antiques dealer. So by, by all accounts, like, you know, they they done pretty well for themselves. And they had this little family. Uh, little Brian, he, he was he was the only child in, in sort of this relationship. Um, his dad, his dad did have two, two older, like, quite a bit older, uh, two other kids. Uh, from from his previous marriage, but in in terms of this sort of this family setup, um, young Brian he, he was an only child, like, um, <clears throat> and they reckon you know quite quite an intelligent uh, quite an intelligent kid, uh, did well academically, like um, was good in sciences, uh, languages, and he he was gonna go off to to study medicine because uh, uh, he he wanted to become a doctor. Um, He'd had offers from Nottingham University and Edinburgh University also. So he had the choice there of, of where he was going to go. So to what you know what once he passed his his A levels and all that. Um he had he had a girlfriend, uh, Amal, Amal Saba. So she was 17 at the time. Um she went to the, she went to his school. So they both went to I don't know if you know it's Liverpool College up by uh, Sefton Park, round that way. It's quite quite nice, sort of round Mosleyhill. Um, quite a fancy school, you know, from from what I know of it. Anyway, I, I don't know necessarily if it's like a, a fee-paying school, but if you told me it was, then I wouldn't be surprised, really. Um, so yeah, there um, Brian was the the captain as well of his of his uh, of the tennis tennis team at the school as well. And by by all accounts, he was a pretty solid tennis player. He played there for the school, like I say, he was captain. Um, and he played at his local club as well. But what they've said is, like, yeah, he was the captain of the school, and you know, he, he did have ability. But being being sort of the the school captain, that was like his level, really. He was never sort of going to go. He was he was never he never showed signs of going anywhere above that, really. Not even sort of like county or, you know, definitely not national or international. Like he he found his level there, school captain. Would have been a half decent player, I suppose, known around the city, um, between the different clubs or whatever. But in his head, in in Brian's head, he was going to go off. He was going to be the superstar. He's going to be like world number one, and th- and that's what he, you know, he, he went around telling people. Even then, when he was in school, he was like, "Oh, I've got this sponsorship there with Nike. You know, so Nike are going to pay me dough to like." Go to all these different tournaments like round round the world, and that um, going to pay me sponsorship deals, which just you know, definitely wasn't the case. Like the 
apparently it did come to light that he did have a little sponsorship deal there with 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 some sort of sports brand, but the the way that the way that the this sponsorship deal worked was it, like I don't know if he went on their website or whatever, he'd get like twenty five percent off his purchase Ra- rather than like you know they give him X amount of dough for for that tennis season. All he got was like a little discount on on purchases really, but. You know, he he, he's t- he was telling people all sorts, and apparently, <clears throat> what he did was I think it was like a sports magazine or whatever, and it showed like a an illustration of say like the top ten or top twenty young up and coming players, and he I don't know if it was necessarily Photoshop at that time in two thousand and four. I can't remember when it came about, but he he definitely sort of doctored um, this list, and he. He made it to look like he was number one on the top of that list, like he was the you know he was the top dog, number one contender or whatever. Um, and he, he did that more so just to show off to his beard, I think, to to get her to buy into like his stories and stuff. Which you know, on on the face of things, like she definitely did buy into it. And the the, the more we, the, as, as, I suppose, the more we go on in this story, the more you'll see sort of, or you'll understand why she was a hundred percent convinced by him. Um. You know, his, his mum and dad, um, getting back to them, they, they used to call him brains, be, you know, because he was so intelligent and they had, like, high high ambitions for, for, for Brian, really. Um, I know I mentioned before about the two universities, Nottingham and Edinburgh. Um, so apparently little Brian sort of, he fancied Nottingham. That was more sort of his scene. That's where he wanted to be. But his, his mum and dad, they, they weren't about that. They, was, they were telling him, now nah, we want you to go to Edinburgh. So apparently as well, what 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 is our fella did was he actually phoned up Edinburgh University and he said, "Listen, Brian's coming to you." Even though Brian didn't want to go there, like, and I I don't want to say that they were controlling or whatever. I I just think that they had a vision for their son and they wanted to sort of guide him down that path. If you get me, so like, even sort of like his social life or whatever, they they never really wanted them to have. Kids of you know they didn't want him to be mates with kids his own age. They much preferred if he went down to the tennis club with them, and sort of made mates with sort of people sort of closer to their age or definitely a little bit older. Now, sort of from looking at him, my, my sort of take on that is they these people that they wanted them to to sort of to spend time with, they'd already sort of made it. You know what I mean? They were of a certain age. Whereas if he's going off with kids his own his own age, potentially, you know, he could be influenced and then he goes off that path and, and sort of that vision that they've got for their kid. Um and like I said, they, I, I think they did pretty well as mum and dad and he, they put they put a fair bit of dough away for him uh, to put towards his education and his studies and stuff like that. Um quite quite a fair bit of dough on, on you know on, on the face of it from the sounds of things anyway. Um and what's what's gone on is Brian, with with this sort of fantasy he's created of being this number one sports star and stuff like that, he's gonna go off and do all sorts. Um, he's been telling his his, his girlfriend Amal all these stories. So like he's saying to her, you know, I'm playing in Milan this year. I want you to come with me. You know, Nike are gonna pay for it or whatever. Come with me. We'll have a little weekend. I'll play some tennis, and then we can just chill. And she like, of course, she's bought into that. Of course, she wants to go to Milan. And then he's bought her like, um, what do you call it? Um, 
Also, all sorts of jewellery, and I think we're talking like hundreds or thousands of pounds worth of jewellery. One time, they, they went down to, uh, like, he's turned around and said, you know what, I fancy going and having, having a little mooch there and have a little look for a car. So they've gone to a couple of dealerships uh, down south Liverpool, I think, like, that's a, a miles from round that way, like Chilwall, I think. So they've gone to a few dealerships, and he's like, oh, I do fancy a car, like, but he couldn't drive. He, did, he, he, he couldn't drive, so obviously it's not for him. And then a Miles turned round, like, I think just as, like, a passing comment, and she said, yeah, like, I wouldn't mind having my own car myself, like. And then the next minute he's turned round, hasn't he? And a, a, a brand-new car's turned up at her door. Like, I, I don't think, not, like, not a mad, you know what I mean? Like, not, not like a mad car, but, like, just like a Ford or something like that turned up at her door. And he's like, yeah, that's off me sponsors, you know what I mean? Those come through. Um, and then there was other things, like, he was saying to her, like, I want you to be, like, my my P, uh, PR, you know what I mean? Like, my receptionist and stuff, handle all, like, people contacting me and stuff. And he's passed her a cheque there for, like, 35 grand or something, wrote it out. And, of course, like, he, he hasn't had that kind of dough, and that's just bounced on him, so he's had to make an excuse up for that. And, um, what do you call it? In the background, while all, all this is going on, I think, like, Amal's mum and, like, Amal's mates, I think they haven't really bought into this full story and they're like, nah, something, something's not quite right here. So there was an occasion, apparently, when Brian's being round at Amal's mum's house and in front of him she said, like, oh, you know, any chance you could get us the receipts for this jewellery? Like just because I want to get it insured. So obviously she's thinking there's something fishy there, there's something not quite right. But anyway, he managed to blag his way out of that one as well. Like, he's come up with some story and he said, oh, no, I haven't got the receipt, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I, I think maybe that's sort of, you know, when <clears throat> when the boat's been rocked for a little bit the first time there, when, when he sort of started to be questioned on, on his sort of, his fantasy or his lies or whatever. So anyway... <clears throat> um, this tournament in Milan that he was going off to do. Gets that all boxed off to, to says to Amal, yeah, it's all sorted, we're all going, blah blah. And then like at the very last minute, he texts her or he rings and he says, Listen, uh, I've been told no partners are allowed on the trip, like no distractions or nothing, so I'm, I'm really sorry, but you can't come. And obviously in the background there somewhere, he hasn't had the dough, has he? He's probably had the, all, all the intention of taking it to Milan on this fancy trip or whatever, he hasn't been able to get his hands on the dough. So that's it. So he's uh, he said, like, oh, no, I can't go. Uh, no, you can't go. So anyway, after that, he disappears for three days from school. So then Amal gets a text and he's saying, like, um, oh, just about to go on court there, just about to play. Wish me luck. He said, I've just met Roger Federer there as well. So again, you know, He's out of school for three days. She's getting a text now, and she's like, "Obviously, that's what he's doing." You know, but, but what what reason has she got to doubt him? He's turned up with the car, jewelry, seen that number one thing uh, that he doctored. Um, <clears throat> so then, I think he's felt a bit guilty after that because obviously he hasn't managed to pull off that blag. So what he does is, when he comes home, he says, "So I'm playing in Miami." Playing in Miami later on in the year, so what I'll do is I'll make sure you come with me. I'll turn into a little trip for us, we'll have a good time. So, what he starts to do is now, he starts to dip in. This money that his mum and dad had put away for like his education and all that, he starts to dip into that. 
So like it's in it's in trust for him, but it's all in his name so he can access it. So he's getting his hands on this dough that's been put away for his education. And then he starts taking credit cards out in that, like in his mum and dad's name, and then he's intercepting the post. So obviously he's got them cards and then he's running up bills on that. Um and then a little bit down the line, like his mum and dad are on to him and his mum and dad pull him and they're like this needs to stop, like, you can't carry on like this, this money's meant for your education, not for, like, having a good time, going out buying stuff for, for a mile or whatever, or partying, whatever it is you're doing, like, this, this money is meant for something, um, so I, I think at that stage, you know, he's, he's, he is a little bit embarrassed, he's, he's, he's been clocked, hasn't he, and um, he's sort of, you know, he's, he's walked away there with his tail in between his legs, in between his legs, but it hasn't stopped him, he's carried on. And he's took out more stuff in his mum and dad's name. It's not always got away with it, like, but he's managed to blag it. But then his mum clocks him again. He's tried to take out another credit card. His mum's got the, the documents and she's actually gone down to the bank. And she said, listen, like, this has been took out fraudulently. This is not to, you know, to be taken any further. This was not authorised, this card. So that gets stopped, and obviously, again, then he's embarrassed. He hasn't got access to that dog that he thought he was going to have. He goes to the bank as well. Gets a meeting with, like, the, the branch manager or the assistant branch manager. Sits down with him and he says, listen, yeah, um, I've got, like, got a payday coming through there from, from, me, from me tennis career. Uh, I'm expecting, like, 45, 50 grand coming through or whatever, so I just need you just to sort a little loan out for me until that all comes through. Obviously, that never happened for him either. Um, so anyway, it, you know, he, he manages to get uh, access to, to the credit cards for his mum and dad. And he's looking on sorting this trip that he told them about earlier in the year. So what they're doing is they're going to go from Manny to New York and then I think New York to Miami and then Barbados or whatever. And then the, the flights he's looking at, like, apparently, once he booked them, you're talking like five five grand for the for the pay, you know, for these flights, because they're flying business class as well, of course. Um, so his mum and dad end up getting onto that as well. So I think once his mum and dad have gone onto that, like, they've sat him down, give him a good talking to, and obviously he's fuming. And the, the next the next day he's meant to be going, he's meant to be going to New York, with a, with a mile so what, he, what he's done is he's turned around he's, he's whacked his dad over the head with a claw hammer and then he stabbed him 30 times with a carving knife right and then he's gone for his mum he's knocked his, he's knocked his mum unconscious stabbed her 20 times in the head and the chest which is quite heavy but the worst bit is right he does that goes in the garden takes off his clothes and burns them in like this incinerator that he had in the back garden just casually Changes his clothes, gets a shower or whatever. And then there's a taxi waiting for him at the top of the path to take him to a miles because the like I said, they're flying to New York the next day. So he gets all that sorted. And then he's 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 halfway walking up the path, turns round, pops his head back through the door, and he's like, Oh, see you mate, see you later, mum, see you later, dad, love you. Like blagging, like as as if as if he hasn't just murdered them and burns his clothes in the back garden. He's like, see you, Mum, see you, Dad, see you when I get back from New York. That's just madness to me, that. Like, like I, I don't even know what goes through your head there, do you know what I mean? So anyway, 
Apparently the taxi driver says that like he, he jumped in the taxi and he was, he was sound, like completely normal conversation. You would never have suspected anything at all. And then gets to a miles, chills, gets up the next morning, flies to New York business class. So they get to New York then. And it's not even like, oh yeah, got you to New York, like we're staying in like the holiday and all whatever. You know what I mean? They're staying at, I think it's called the Plaza. And it, it's it's down the bottom, and it overlooks uh, Central Park. So he's only, he's only got there, not not like a little you know double room or whatever. He's got a suite, presidential suite, where like I, th- I think they said like Nixon and that have stayed. He's got this presidential suite, and they're eating lobster, uh, drinking champagne, eating uh, truffles and all that. And there's a, there's a video there. I think if, if if you search on like YouTube or whatever, if if you're that bothered, you'll see it. I think it's only like a, a you know, being recorded on like a camera phone or whatever. And it just shows him like buzzing, just laughing and smiling, like about how, how good it is in New York. And it's like a couple of hours before there, he's hit he's, he's, he's his dad over the head with a hammer, stabbed him 30 times and done his marring as well. And he's laughing and joking, like that, that's a, it's a weird kind of kid that I think. Like it's just mad how he's done that. And then he's just like jumped on a plane, gone on Aldi with his beard, laughing and joking. Um, so yeah, then they got, they, like, obviously they have a nice time in New York. Go to Miami, and then what he what he says to her there is because he he's meant to be playing tennis in Miami again, and he says, Ah, yeah, uh, the weather's not right for us to play like, so it's off. So I'll tell you what, we'll go Barbados as well. So yeah, a couple of days in Miami, and then off to off to Barbados. So all in all, they reckon that like this holiday's cost by thirty grand, like. Holiday of a lifetime, innit? Like he's just been on that little thirty grand holiday there, two weeks away, having a having a good time, like. So they get back, get back, uh, land in money, and then they head, they head back to Melling, go to his man and dad's, and uh, what you call it? He goes round the side to try and get in the house, and a man's standing there by the front door. One one of the neighbours clocks her, and says, "Ah, uh, oh, you're back. Did you have a nice time?" And he you know, he says like. How's, how's, uh, how's Mr and Mrs Blackwell? And she says, oh no, they didn't come with us, they're still in Spain. Like, they've gone off on holiday to Spain or whatever. So then Amal, sh- Amal shouts uh, Brian. He comes running from the side, sees this neighbour. He's, he's like, oh, all right, John. Um, yeah, my mum and dad are in Spain, I'm locked out, I'm locked out the house. And then I, I think I think he knows what was going to come like, and a mile says to him, oh, you know what, just come and stay in ours, isn't it? So they jump a taxi, and then he goes and stays in, goes and stays in a mile for a bit. Um, and then in between, I think, like, they do go round to the house every now and again. I think he's just, like, keeping up appearances, looking to see whether his man dies back from Spain. And obviously they're not. Um, but also, when nobody's sort of been on to him, He'd been sneaking back into the house, and he'd been taking away like little bits, like fo- like family photographs, and you know, like I don't know, like bits of clothes or whatever that he wanted. But he took that hammer as well. He took the hammer out the house that he that he hit his dad over the head with, um, and he took all that back to a miles. <clears throat> Apparently, he took it back in like a backpack or whatever, um, and he's had it in a miles house. And the family said, "Ah, now you can't keep that in the house. It stinks." So he's had to keep it in the garage so that. That little bag sat there in the garage anyway and just being forgot about. Um, and then what you call it? The uh, 
few more weeks pass. I think we're talking like six weeks now so from from the day that he sort of he did it all to, to where we are now. And he's getting his A-levels. So he goes down to like Liverpool College to pick up his results and all that, see how well he done. And he's got like straight A's and that, and everyone's like, oh, well done, well done, well done. And then he t- apparently turned around to one of the teachers and, and he goes, uh, oh, yeah, like, I'm, ju- I'm just a little bit pissed off. I feel a little bit let down by my mum and dad that they're not here to, to sort of celebrate in my success. You know, they're, they're away in Spain or whatever. Um, a few days later, anyway, this neighbour that he's seen um, when, they, when they originally got back, he just goes round to sort of... Apparently he used to sort their post out and, like, it, go through the porch and he'd just tidy it up for them. Um, so he, he went round this day to just to sort the post out. And for whatever reason, he's thought, I'm just going to pop my head through the letterbox, like, of the main door, have a little look in the house, see what's going on. And then he's lifted that up and it's been airtight. But when he's lifted that letterbox up, he's just got a proper waft. Like, obviously, those two bodies have been sat there for, like, six weeks or whatever. And then he's turned round, like, stepped back, feeling a bit sick, and then he's looked round them. And all the porch, all the windows, and that are covered in flies. And then he sort of steps back, looks at, like, the like the, the main windows, like, the living room windows and all that, and there's just flies all over the house. So he's like, something's not right here, phone, phone, phones, the, phones the busies, and then he takes another look through the, through the letterbox. Looking at like the carpet and that, and he, he, he just thinks like the, the carpet looks a bit scatty, doesn't know what's going on, and the carpet's moving. And it's loads of like bugs and stuff that are on the carpet that have sort of obviously built up over those six weeks. So, anyway, busy turn up, make their way into the house, find find Brian's mum and dad. Um, and the rate at which the bodies have decomposed at that point over those six weeks. It's been that severe that when they've looked at the injuries, the police have actually thought that they were gunshot wounds. So they're looking for they're looking for somebody that's you know broken or whatever and shot and shot and shot the Blackwells. Um, so yeah, that that's happened. Um, and then obviously they, they want to locate Brian because they, they have to have the conversation with him. They need to say you know this is what's happened or whatever. So I think the neighbours said. He's, he's, stay, he's staying with his with his girlfriend and Mar like. So he turn up turn up to, to a Mar's mum's house and um what you call it? They sit him down, they break this news to him. And the busy said like this kid like he, he he broke down. Like like you would expect him to break down, he broke down, he's in tears, crying. But then he turns around and he says, No, it can't be it can't be my mum and dad, because my mum and dad are in Spain, it just can't be my mum and dad. So obviously everyone's sort of buying into this and they're like, no, I'm sorry, it is your mum and dad, blah, blah. But then apparently one, one of the busy said, like, he just made this really weird comment. He, he, he said to, to one of them, he said, is it cold in prison? And then after that, they were sort of onto him. They thought something's not right here. So they started to watch him anyway. Um, and then sort of what's happened there as well is, which is raised, uh, this come out sort of further down the line. Um, like I say, Melling sort of halfway between Aintree and Kirby. So Brian, a little while after he's been home and obviously everything's happened, he's gone down to, to Kirby. I don't know whether it was the town centre or whatever, but he's gone down to Kirby anyway. And he's gone gone up to these fellas or these kids and he said, listen, I need that house burning down. And he said to them, um, what it is, it's this drug dealer 
lives, you know, live, lives here. Um, and I've had a bit of trouble with him, so I need you to burn. I need you to to burn the house down. I, like I'll, I'll give you dough for enough for doing the job. So obviously they've said nah because I, th- I think they thought like he was undercover, bi- uh, an undercover busy or something like that at first. So they said nah, and anyway sent him on his way because the way that the way that this uh, Brian Blackwell dressed, like he he dressed like a bit a bit of a wool. You know what I mean? Like he he, he didn't blend. Like he, he didn't look like he belonged in Kirby. Um, so yeah, they they've just they've just knocked him back anyway. So he's been on his way, and then. Yeah, the, the police have ended up arresting him because, like, there's something not, something not quite right with this kid anyway. So, there's videos as well. I know I said about that phone video, but there's videos of him um, being interviewed in the busy station. If you Again, I think if you YouTube that, you'll find it. Like, um, so, yeah, the, what, what the busies are saying is sort of, as they start to move forward with sort of the investigation and, you know, they start to question him and stuff, he starts to get really arrogant and really cocky and he's like, he thinks he's the smartest man in, like, the busy station. And he, from, from the way he's coming across, like, he just thinks he's going to sit there, give this statement, then he's going to be on his way, he's going to be walking out to the busy station, which, unfortunately for him, like, what was not the case, you know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, they've, they've carried on sort of interrogating and me saying... You know, I don't think I should be a suspect. Why am I being Why am I being suspected of this? Why isn't and he, and then he names some other people. Why Why aren't you looking into them? Like they've been around to me, mum and dad's house as well. Um, so anyway, the busies end up getting permission to uh, go around to a mile's house and sort of go through uh, Brian's belongings. So they go around and. Um, they go into the garage and they find that bag, which has obviously got the hammer in it, the murder weapon, and it's stinking as well. So that obviously that gets forensics. So that then gets presented to Brian, and he's like, at that point, he sort of, well, he halfway confesses. He says, um, <clears throat> "All right, yeah, like I, I did it. You know what I mean? But it was self-defense." He says, "What happened was." I was upstairs in my room hanging some pictures up with the armor, like, you know, putting nails into the wall for to hang my pictures in there. And then, um, what you call it, got shouted down by my dad. And then, you know, start, they start arguing or whatever, he's getting told off for, for whatever reason. Um, and then he said his dad become, like, threatening, like, aggressive towards him. So in self-defence, he's pushed him away. And then without thinking, he's whacked him over the head with the armor. Like... But he, he, you know, it, it was self-defense. He, he wasn't thinking what he was doing. Then his mum's sort of come into the kitchen or whatever with a with a carving knife. He turned around, seeing that, and just instinctively whacked her over the head. And then that's been like the end of them. Um, but like there was, there was quite a weird little comment that he makes towards the end of his interview. If if you have a look, and he says like, "Oh yeah, do you know what? I I just I couldn't believe that like someone could die so easily." And I'm like, "Are you mad?" Like. You stabbed your half fella like 30 times. You stabbed your mum like 20 times in the head and the chest. Like, what did what did you expect to happen, do you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, in, in the end, he, 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 did, he went to Crown Court and then a year later he was sentenced. Um, and they gave, they gave him uh, life in prison. But the way that they had to approach it, um, they had to do him for two counts of manslaughter um, under diminished responsibility because 
if they'd have gone in for him on murder, they reckon like the defence would have just knocked it back because they were saying like he's not all there or whatever. Um, apparently, like he was diagnosed with NPD, narcissistic personality disorder or whatever. So, like they were never going to get him on the murder counts or whatever. But they've done him on the manslaughter, um, and they, they said he'd be eligible for parole or whatever in like five years from sentencing. Um, but the judge that was sort of doing it all, he said, you know, I, I find I find it hard, highly unlikely that he'll be out anytime soon because they're going to run him past the psychologist and the psychologist is going to sign him off to say that he's no longer a threat to society or whatever. And obviously, where are we now? It's 2020 and he's still sitting there like so. There's no chance of that happening anytime soon, I would say. But do you reckon, like, because the way he is, because he's so narcissistic, like, he tries to manipulate people. And apparently a psychologist predicted that when he went into jail or when he went into prison, he would become sort of like the model prison, the, the, the model prisoner. The same way that he was like the model student, you know, the, the model child, he would become like the model prisoner because that's what you expect of him, so that's what he's going to portray himself as, so you get what you want. And then obviously he's manipulating you so he can make his way. And apparently that's sort of what he's done, but they are onto him like so... We'll see what happens, you know. Um, but yeah, that, that's Brian Blackwell. Uh, I, I feel like I've, I've, I've covered all or most of it there anyway. Quite a heavy story, really, especially with it being his mum and dad. And, um, I, I thought it would be quite an interesting one to start with. So, yeah, I, I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, like I say, it's my fir- first, first go on a podcast. thought I'd give it a little go if... You know, if there's any way for you to leave like a comment or send me an email or whatever, a little bit of feedback. No, I'm I'm happy to take it on board and see whether you know I can move things forward and see what see what I can change to sort of improve the podcast going forward. And I'll I'll try and get back try and get back to you soon with a with episode two. Not quite sure what it's going to be yet, but you know I'll I'll pick something out anyway. Nice one.